What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In today's episode of Press This, we're going to be exploring news from around the WordPress ecosystem for our Word Around the Campfire episode we put on every month, and we're going to be exploring updates to WordPress 5.2, the upcoming WordCamp EU, a new big schema update from Yoast, and a bunch of other cool things happening in the WordPress ecosystem. So uh, buckle up and hang on tight. We've got a lot to cover. Um, before we jump into that, though, I'm going to do a quick hiring shout out for people hiring in the WordPress ecosystem. And in particular, I'm going to call out um, in, in side spelled I, and this is why I struggled over how to pronounce it, but it's spelled I-N-P-S-Y-D-E. And it's a great WordPress development company out of Germany. The principals there are super smart people working on some cool projects, and they're looking for a remote PHP developer. So um, that's all the shout-outs from this week. But uh, if you want to have a job listing mentioned on the show, you can reach me at, at @wpdavidv on Twitter. Okay, now enough of that stuff. Let's jump into the WordPress news and talk about everything going on in the ecosystem. And joining me in that conversation today, I have two gentlemen. I'll introduce them one at a time. Uh, joining us back on the show from TorqueMag, TorqueMag.io, Mr. Doc Pop. Doc, welcome back to Press This. Thank you, David. It's good to be here. Awesome, awesome. I saw some cool stuff from you this week on Torque there, including one of your Doc 
pop news drops featuring VR and featured in that video uh, was the other person, is another person who's joining us today, um, leading uh, WP Engine's contributions back to WordPress Core, also a WordPress Core contributor, uh, Mr. Anthony Bruchel. Anthony, uh, welcome back to Press This. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome, and Anthony, you've been a, you've been a host and a guest and a word around the campfire uh, member here on Press This. You've kind of done the full gambit. I try to wear every single hat. Awesome, awesome. So we've got a bunch of cool news from again around the WordPress ecosystem that we're covering today, and so just want to take some time to to address that. And one of the first things I wanted to talk about was. WordPress versioning. We all know, and, and by the time this episode airs, uh, WordPress 5.2 uh, has been released. So we're going to break the fourth wall a little bit here and talk about the recording date versus the published date and things like that. But um, by the time you're listening to this, 5.2 is, is in the wild and live, and it's, a, it's a kind of a big deal. I'd, I'd say it's a, a, a healthy release. There's some really interesting parts about it. I wouldn't say uh, necessarily like Totally, it's like this huge like shift, like we saw with 5.0 and Gutenberg, of course, um, but still some pretty significant parts to that. Um, Doc, I know you've been kind of monitoring the 5.2 release a little bit. What have what, what's your view from the ecosystem? Like, what have you seen around the release of 5.2? Like, what are people talking about? And then I want to ask Anthony like particulars around some of the features in the release. There's a, there's a lot more in this release than I originally expected. Um, some of the things didn't even get that much attention. I, I've been running uh, the Bleeding Edge release and uh, really dived into it recently. The, the site health check is what everyone's talking about, which is just basically, uh, you know, how how is your site doing on a score of 100? Uh, I found out, for instance, I had a 72 out of 100. Uh, it recommended that I delete all the extra themes I had, which I forgot I had all the default themes. Uh, and it also re recommended upgrading to PHP 7.3. So both of those happened and now I'm at 100%. Uh, that, that's one of the more obvious ones, but I, I actually kind of thought the, the security tools are, are not getting a, a lot of mention. Um, a lot of cryptography tools, uh, for instance, now when WordPress pushes an update from, you know, for a WordPress core update, it's actually signed with a public key, uh, meaning that uh, if, if somehow hackers were able to get a man in the middle attack uh, and you know offer up a fake version of WordPress core and your site had automatic updates, there still has to be that authentication that happens. Uh, so this was sort of a, a, a very difficult thing to imagine happening in the first place, but it's, it's a pretty simple fix, I think, for them to put in, and I'm glad they finally put that in. You know, it's funny, we, hit, we now have a new score with that site health check feature, and I know people uh, love to track and, like, optimize their sites against, like, PageSpeed Insights and all those other tools by Google, and I think it's going to be interesting to see this play out. So, Anthony, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, um, you know, as a core contributor, like, what, what are your thoughts, like, on the kind of key features in, in 5.2? What, what do you think are the, the most interesting aspects? Maybe even expand a little bit on some of the thoughts Doc shared. Yeah, uh, the one I'd really like to expand on is the site health. Uh, there's actually uh, the ability to create your own checks. So um, you can actually enforce things that are specific to your environment. So maybe your server can't handle large images. And maybe you have a bunch of large images. You can call that out in a special check. Uh, and on make.wordpress.org, there's uh, some tutorials and some snippets of code that you can use to create your own checks. So, so not even just the default checks are, are what's great about it. It's the possibility of, of keeping your site secure and ready. 
So those default checks are interesting because like it's obviously going through a checklist of best practices, um, PHP versioning, huge deal, especially if you're on older versions that are deprecated and not patched. So there's some very clear benefits to presenting that information, especially to novice users. But you talked about creating, you know, the ability to create your own checks. And you mentioned, oh, I might want to run a check um, on the image size if maybe my server has an issue with that. But like, what are some like business use cases? Like, what kind of businesses? Like, if I if I'm running on a server and I know I have image problems, why why do I need a check? Like, what are some, like, what types of businesses might be running their own checks? Um, so I I think a company like WP Engine actually we have we have so many offerings built around security and things to harden your site. Uh, it would be great if we could have a way to expose that to our customers. Many many of our customers don't even know that it exists, and many of them want security features. So being able to at least clearly say like, hey, you're you're not using this feature, and you could be using this feature. And this is great for also plugin developers. If if you have a plugin that does something very specific that that you feel like your your users could better uh, uh, be informed about you can now call that out. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. One of the topics we're going to talk about a little later is schema, uh, Yoast schema update. And there are actually some conflicts with some technologies in the ecosystem. So that's one example of how you might say, hey, did you realize you have duplicate um, schema data in your site? And that might be another good example. Um, relative to the other features like, um, you know, Doc mentioned the public key validation of WordPress core. What are other things that are getting you excited? Yeah, so the other one that I, I'm, I'm really excited is the, the fatal error protection that's that's been well, the white screen of death is the that... white screen of death yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is no longer as big of an issue as it used to be so now when you uh, update a plugin and let's say it, it fatal errors your site it'll revert and you'll have a very clear action item on what to do and make it more I guess uh, compatible I don't think people realize how big a deal that is in the ecosystem at large like you might not have experienced as an individual but how about people understand like when you get that white screen of death like what what do you have to do then to un white screen of death your WordPress. Oh, it's very easy, David. Oh, yeah. oh I mean before, like before. <laughs> no, no, the yeah, no, it's very easy. All you have to do is rename the plugin folder and then delete your, your get to your admin page and then find out where you, your plugin, it's, it's a big hassle. And that's the, the biggest benefit to this. Uh, when I used to work uh, support, the nine times out of 10, when I was getting hit up about a plugin problem is because it was white screened and they needed someone to go in there and move the folder so they can get back into admin and do whatever they needed to do. And, and this now, eliminates that problem. All right, I like it. So you're being a little sarcastic there in the easy. So prevent, <laughs> preventing it's a big deal. Um, and I think it's really interesting. The other thing I, I would advise people to do, especially if you're running an agency business or a platform or a plugin business, is like run the site health check on sites running with your technology. Understand what those visitors are gonna see and then have a plan in place on what to do about that. If, you're, uh, if your customers are seeing the same kinds of information inside Health Check and that's causing them concerns and it's related to your technology, it's better to get an idea of what they're gonna see ahead of time. So this is more than just testing the update of WordPress for regressions or things that might break your site, but rather um, also try to understand what that user's experience is gonna be relative to your platform or relative to your technology. Just understand like what information they're gonna be presented. Doc earlier talked about the score, how he had a seven and he really wanted to get to 100, um, those kinds of conversations, those kinds of ways of thinking can start to impact things like how many customers reach out to support, how they might view your product or your platform. Uh, so definitely, definitely my recommendation is test, 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 of course, but also look at it through the lens of the user's eyes. What are they going to see? 
How does it relate to your technology? And could that create a problem for your support department? And, and one more point on that. Uh, with the site health check, some of them are not applicable. Um, for instance, at WP Engine, we, we handle auto updates, but we don't use the core functionality. And one of the one of the things that the the site health tool calls out is that we don't we don't uh, handle auto updates, which we really do. So there's a plugin called the site health tool manager. Uh, if you just search for site health tool manager in the plugin repo, you'll find it. And this actually allows you to granularly turn off certain checks. Be careful with that. Do that within reason. But if it's applicable, do it. Awesome. We're gonna get more to the WordPress news. Everybody, hang tight, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more press this in just a moment for our sponsors. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is our May version of our Word Around the Campfire episode where we cover news from around the WordPress community. We spent the first segment of the show talking about WordPress 5.2. I want to go kind of rewind the clock a little back, bit back, though, and talk about WordPress 5.1. Now, um, adoption of WordPress versions is actually a big deal. And I know a lot of you will kind of delay your updates, and you really shouldn't for a lot of reasons. Um, but this becomes a big challenge for the WordPress ecosystem, people that make products, developers that work on sites. And um, one of the big milestones WP Engine got to recently was getting over 90% of our customers on version 5.1. Now, Anthony, when was the release date roughly of 5.1? 
uh, the release date roughly was, I think it was last month in February. Okay, so we've had about a month of time roughly, and of course you have people also trying to adopt just the five branch in general in terms of Gutenberg and things like that. And But even a month after that release date, getting to 90% is incredible. Core, the core com, or WordPress as a whole was at 34% at 5.1 when I pulled these numbers about a week ago. And so that just goes to show how difficult it is at scale to get people to adopt new pieces of software. So when you hear us talk about 5.2 and all the things in it, um, certainly test before you push those changes or make those updates in production, but at the same time, it's super critical to the ecosystem, it's super critical to product makers, as much of WordPress as possible is running on the current version. And that was a huge um, kind of moment for us to reach 90% in that time frame, and it was a lot of work by a lot of teams to make that true, and a lot of customer testing, a lot of customer communication. It's still a challenge, but again, I'd personally encourage you um, to get to the latest version as quickly as you can. Anthony, do you, do you contest this statement I, at all? I do not contest it. Be on the latest. I, I like this. I like this. Core contributor advocating for the recent <laughs> version. Surprise, surprise. Um, more news going around the community right now. Um, this is coming up in June, um, but it's a big deal. If you haven't planned for this, um, something you might want to think about. But WordCamp Europe is coming to Berlin um, June 20th through the 22nd. Um, and that's a pretty big deal. Lots, lots going on there. Um, if you plan on attending, the tickets are super cheap. They're like $40, 40 euros a piece. For those of you unfamiliar, WordCamps tend to keep the price of the tickets way low to make it very accessible to everyone in the community, um, which I thought was pretty cool, or think is a pretty cool thing. Um, but if you do plan to, to be there, I mean, tons of opportunities for growth and learning and um, just opportunities to really get to meet a lot of interesting people. But if you do happen to be there, um, definitely come say hi to me. I'll definitely be around. I'll be at the WP Engine booth. Uh, WP Engine's also having a party. If you like details on that, hit me up on Twitter at WP David V. Um, and uh, Doc, you have some plans also around WordCamp Europe. Yeah, every time we go to one of these big conferences, I try to shoot as many video interviews as possible. Uh, but uh, this year we're, we're going to be doing that. And we're also going to be doing a new version of our Torque Tune coloring books. Uh, every year we update those like WordPress cartoons, which are surprisingly popular with the kids who are at these uh, WordCamps. Uh, yeah, and also we're talking about having a really large giveaway uh, during the event. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can follow the Torque Mag on Twitter to find out more about that as, as uh, WordCamp Europe approaches. Awesome, awesome. And you know, it's funny, last time I, you had them at WordCamp US as well, right, Doc? The, uh, the tunes, yeah. The tunes, yeah, because I remember you said they're popular with the kids, but I remember walking up on a table of adults all sitting around coloring their cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they have these um, uh, nursing areas or, like, uh, I guess areas where they, they help watch kids so the parents can kind of go through the, the conference. Uh, and we dropped off a batch of books there. And th they were, like, a major, major hit. It's always kind of awkward, you know, being like, hey, I hope you like my cartoons. But, uh, like, you know. <laughs> The kids liked them. They, they that like, was funny. You know, I know like that the PHP jokes. Oh yes, PHP <laughs> jokes. Killing. It's funny to think, and I know not a lot of people are aware that word camps are actually relatively child friendly. There's even uh, kids camps, some word camps, and things like that. I remember my son did kids camp here in Austin. They learned how to make a WordPress.com site. Uh, it's funny, he made an, uh, there's a video game called Overwatch, and he made a, a site called Overwatch Tips and Tricks, and he did one post and one page, 
And I said, son, are you going to keep up with your blog after, uh, after you made it here? And he's like, of course, dad, I only made one tip and one trick. It's not called overwatch tip and trick. <laughs> yes. Right. So very well played for a nine year old, but, uh, yeah, super, super, uh, I think a positive part of the community. I don't think everyone should just bring up like droves of kids to these things, but yes, there are accommodations for things like that and opportunities, um, to be family friendly in that way, which I think is a very positive part. And actually a lot of, uh, very, you know, a lot of children running around learning, um, attending the sessions and learning things, um, obviously different stages of learning and things like that. Uh, but I, I personally really like that part of the, word camp culture um, again super super open and inviting really to people of all walks of life and, and positions in life um, you know another thing that was hot topic during the Gutenberg 5.0 release and uh, it, was, it was played out of many 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 different forums is accessibility and I know a lot of people chimed in on that debate um, and there were a lot of different points of view. And one of, the, one of those points of view was from the, um, say, education, or um, so the, essentially the education community. And one of the um, organizations that represents that community is an organization called WP Campus. And they did a study on accessibility. And um, Anthony, I was hoping you could kind of share a little bit about what you know about that study and, and just from the high level what was going on with what they were trying to do. Yeah, so the, 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 the study was to, to check WordPress and the new editor, the new Gutenberg editor, against accessibility standards across the board. Uh, and, and the technical audit was actually, it, it was just released, and it, it is exactly 329 pages long, so it's a pretty lengthy uh, uh, audit of, of the editor. Did you read the whole report before this podcast, Anthony? Yeah, every single word of it. Okay, no. good. Uh, admittedly, I have not read it yet, but there is a 34-page executive summary that I've been skimming over the past week. And, uh, and I've, actually, I've actually been noticing tickets have been getting created with the tag WP Campus Audit. Um, so so the, the core team is actually actively acting on these, these uh, reports. Uh, one thing that I would want to note is that a lot of these issues, not, maybe not all of them, maybe not a bulk of them, but some of these issues have been uh, addressed in the time that the audit was happening because the audit actually occurred on the 5.0.3 branch, and right now we're at 5.1.1. So changes and enhancements and bugs have been squashed over that time, uh, but that doesn't mean everything is taken care of and we are creating tickets and tagging them appropriately and putting them top priority. And for everyone to understand like this audit, like, and I know it's obviously deep and it um, uses things like standards for coding things in accessible ways, but it also includes like user tests, right? They, yeah. they get a little job, I guess, and they've got to go do the job. And the success of the person using the uh, screen readers and so on and so forth, their ability to get to the end of that task helps to determine um, whether, the, um, whether the audit might determine if whether it was accessible or not. Right, roughly. Yeah, and, and, and some of the things that they're looking for there is like if, if you get to a dead end, there, that happens sometimes where if you're tabbing through and you, you expect to get through a certain flow and you're stuck and you can't exit, uh, there have been some issues like that identified. So, yeah. yeah, and obviously this is a big deal and not just from the legal and regulatory perspective, but just frankly being good citizens, right? Absolutely. Doing the correct thing for people that um, need that additional help, need those additional resources in terms of its capability. Um, and so when we see things like these user tasks and saying not everybody make it through to the end, 
Uh, that's important, especially for a product like WordPress, which powers over a third of the web right now. Um, you know, it's, it's in, in a sense a duty beyond just the regulatory and legal requirements um, to do those things. But it was also encouraging to me to hear that, hey, look, the core team itself was picking up a lot of these things in and of their own processes and didn't necessarily need this external audit. However, it's also encouraging to see them respond to this external audit even creating tickets tagged as such um, to help address those issues. So as we all know, of course, um, software is never done and never perfect, um, but it is, uh, it is great to see this positive momentum um, from, the, from the core community. Now, I know that Campus, um, as of the time of this recording, is, gonna, is broadcasting a webinar. If you check the WP Campus blog, it'll broadcast before this podcast is broadcast. Um, but if you go to the WP Campus blog, you should be able to go access a recording of that webinar and get a feel for what they covered there relative to the audit. Um, but, you know, hats off to those guys for taking that initiative, um, doing what was important, not just for their community, but for the community at large. Um, and I thought that was a really positive outcome um, for now. And, of course, a lot more work to do. Um, but, again, I think for me, moving in the right direction. Awesome. So, um, the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was um, for those in Austin, actually, in June, um, on June 25th through the 26th, uh, WP Engine will actually be hosting our summit in Austin, Texas. So if you happen to be in Austin nearby, you want to come hang out, um, I'll be there. There'll be other people from the community um, who, you know, in the agency business and the product business, as well as large digital brands, um, love to see you there. If you hit me up at WP David V, I can get you an invite to that. Um, but I, if you're unable to make it all the way to Berlin, and I know that's a tall order there in June, especially with family vacations, or if you're based in North America and can't make the trip, um, they definitely would love to see you there. So just hit me up at WP David V, and uh, I'll hit you back with an invite. So um, we're gonna have more to cover. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys. I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte. You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim. Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey. So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim. You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing 
and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.FM and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.FM. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we are in the middle of our Word Around the Campfire episode covering news from around the WordPress community. Right before the break, we were talking a little bit about the BP Engine Summit in June. We were also talking about the WP Campus study around accessibility Really exciting progress there. Again, total hats off to those folks for doing that audit and the core team to responding to that. But I wanted to also talk about some new updates, um, this time from a plugin. And we mentioned this a few episodes ago, and I'm trying to remember the name of the episode, but it was like six packs, three packs, and other weird things search engines do with Dave Davies of Beanstalk Marketing. And I think we missed a comment there because Dave commented on Twitter. He's like, what weird things are search engines doing with Dave Davies? Uh, Which was kind of funny. However, missed comma aside, um, during that recording and really, frankly, minutes before it, um, Yoast had released an update to the Yoast plugin addressing schema. Um, And this is actually a huge update for Yoast. Now, if you're unfamiliar with generally the use of schema, at least in terms of a digital strategy, from the high level, one of the key benefits is it's, of course, easier for third-party sites, particularly Google, to dice up your site and to serve that information in Google's context anyways in different search layouts. So you might see things like the six-packs, recipe lists, Um, other excerpts that are displayed above the normal search results, these things generally are controlled or at least interpreted by the schema you apply to your site. Now, Yoast has helped with uh, schema in a sense in the past, or at least structured data. Uh, Anthony, do you you want to render a guess at the two types of structured data that Yoast primarily has helped with in the past? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Just like go out on a limb. What's like the number one thing people use Yoast for? I think uh, maybe this isn't the official number one thing, but what is the number one thing you might assume people use Yoast for? Keywords. No? Uh, keywords, sort of, but the meta titles and descriptions Absolutely. that people yeah. use, yes. Meta keywords actually are not that uh, helpful from an SEO context, but meta titles and descriptions are. Yoast also has helped traditionally with open graph data, um, which is essentially the data that's used to fill out the uh, cards, as it were, on social media sites, mm-hmm. so that way your image populates, the title populates, and the excerpt populates, things like that. Right. And so this, this move into schema makes all the sense in the world for me from Yoast's perspective. Um, we're actually going to have Yoast DeVoc, the founder of Yoast, on Press This. This will be a second time as a guest on Press This. If you'll recall, he used to be the host of Press This for a number of years, um, prior to putting it down and then me taking it back as, or me taking it over as host. So this will be a second time back as a guest. He's going to go all into that schema update. 
Um, for those of you that are running Genesis sites, Genesis also has some schema features in it. And it, the running Yoast and Genesis at the same time can kind of create duplicative schema. Now, the jury's out on how bad that is for you, but generally, of course, we don't want dupli duplicative schema. Um, Bill Erickson uh, made a plugin, actually, that helps to kind of disable Genesis schema in favor of Yoast schema. If you go to WordPress.org and search for Bill Erickson, Yoast, Genesis schema, it's the first result that'll pop up. So if you're running a Genesis site and you want to check out the Yoast schema, um, definitely, definitely uh, you try Bill Erickson's plugin as a way to kind of yield Genesis schema to Yoast. Um, and I think that's really interesting because we talked earlier about like this notion of like, if you're a product maker or a platform maker, like being cognizant of how your product operates with other products. Um, Anthony, I know you've worked on a ton of sites, seen a lot of things break over the time, like ballpark me, like 25% of the time, 50% of the time, if people have problems, how often is it related to some sort of like compatibility issue between things like plugins? Oh man, it's probably about 80% of the time for me. <laughs> it's always one other plugin conflicting with the plugin that I'm trying to install. <laughs> I think it's interesting when you think about that, you know, 80% is a pretty strong number, Anthony. Maybe for me. For you, yeah, I like that, I like that. Um, but you know, when you do these plugin updates and you know, core itself is eventually going to roll in the ability for people to do automatic plugin updates. Is that right, Anthony? Uh, I believe that's on the radar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Matt mentioned that as state of the word. So not necessarily some secret background conversation sure, I'm yeah. revealing here or anything. Um, but even without that in place, you know, I know a lot of people, um, and it's important to keep those plugins updated, right? Plugin updates have, um, can sometimes have security patches. So the developer has discovered a vulnerability in their code or a way to exploit the site via the code that they've provided in the plugin. And by the way, this happens all the time with all software. I just want to be clear on that. Just because a plugin author has had a vulnerability in their code doesn't mean they're a bad plugin author. Your iPhone has security patches. Your operating systems on your computer have security patches. Like anyone that's not patching software for security vulnerabilities isn't looking hard enough. Do you think that's a fair statement, Anthony? Yeah, I, I trust the developer that releases frequent vulnerability patches. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I just want to do a solid to all those plugin makers out there and just clarify that that's what this means when those patches are available. So it's nothing to be ashamed about. Matter of fact, it's a, it's a high trust signal for a lot of people when those updates are frequent, when the developer's digging deep and you know leveraging community and things like that to identify vulnerabilities and patch them so it's super important to do those updates but at the same time I think the reason that a lot of people pull back on doing updates of plugins there's one phrase that almost always goes along with that uh, Anthony I'm gonna put you on the spot again again what do you no, let's do doc this time no. doc what do you think people say why is the number one reason they don't update their plugins uh, well, most people are just worried about breaking the functionality. They, they, they feel safe and secure uh, be, you know, without changing, without realizing that maybe they're putting themselves at more of a risk. Bingo. I don't want to break my site. I don't want to update WordPress. I don't want to update that plugin. And it's important to do those updates because of security. It's also to do, important to do them for features. From a developer's perspective, maintaining old versions and making sure they work and it work with the current version of WordPress, that's also a drag and can detract from your vendor's time to make those products better. So it's important to stay on the most recent version. But at the same time, like we saw with Yoast, when you updated it, it can cause conflicts with other pieces of technology. And so the last little recommendation I'll leave you with, and I know this is kind of software 101, websites 101, but I just want to reinforce this once again. 
test in a staging environment, test in a local environment, make sure it works as expected. If you can, write regression tests, um, do you know manual QA, do whatever you have to do to validate those changes aren't gonna break your site or cause changes that might harm you in some way. And then once you validate that's true, then go ahead and push it to production. So it's important to update, but it's important to update in a staging or development environment. Make sure everything's cool and then get it out the door. But make that part of your practice, make that part of your everyday, make that part of what you commit to the next time you launch a site. Well, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us today uh, for this episode of Press This, particularly our Word Around the Campfire episode. We bring this uh, type of episode to you every month to bring you news from around the WordPress community. Um, as always, you can uh, check out Torque to keep up with WordPress news uh, on the day-to-day. -day. Uh, you can check that out at torquemag.io. And then um, thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.